0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church, an outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message.
1: The Bible says, lift up your head, O ye gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory, he shall come in. We are the gates of heaven. We are those windows of heaven. We're the doors of heaven. We're those floodgates. We're those floodgates. You know, you think about a, a floodgate. What do, you, what, do you, what do you picture there, you know? Kind of like a dam. But it's a gate that can open. You know, it's a doorway that can open up. But behind it is just this body of water that is just so great. That's what's behind you. That's what's in you. Deep waters. God Almighty, the greater one himself, is on the inside of us. We should be weary holding him back. We should be weary. We should be weary holding him back. I think that's why a lot of Christians are weary. A lot of Christians are worn out. They just don't know how much they're resisting God, how much they're suppressing him, how much they're holding him back. We've got this great body of living water. Rumbling with waves pounding up against the door of our heart. Him wanting to come forth. Him wanting to come forth. Uh, you know, the church still sees themselves as as in a position of trying to, trying to get just a little something from God. I can just get a little trickle from heaven. If I can just get a little trickle from God. It's such a deception. Even over there in the book of Revelation, you know, he, he talks to that lukewarm church. And he says to them, he says... Uh, He rebukes him for for being lukewarm. And, And the Lord said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you'll open, I'll come in. Now, he's saying this to the church. He's saying this to his people. Well, don't his people already have him in them? But you see, that's how folks read that. They read that as... Yes, if you'll open your heart, Jesus will come in. No, he's talking to the church. He's not talking about a would-be church. It's addressed, that letter in the book of Revelation is written to the churches. And to the church at Laodicea, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I will come in. I will come in and we will sit down and we'll have a feast together. We'll have ourselves a love fest. And that's what he was saying to them. He wasn't talking about coming into their heart. He was talking about, he was knocking from the inside. I'm knocking on the door. If you'll open, I'll come into that sanctuary. I'll come into that house, and it won't be a lukewarm church anymore, I'll tell you that. I'll come in like a consuming fire. Man, I'll burn the chaff out of that place. I'll get you all stirred up. But you just got to open up and let me, let me in to this realm. He's in the realm of the Spirit. He's in our spirit. He wants to come into this realm. He wants to come into this physical realm, and he wants to manifest. That's what he wants to do. And so if we don't let it manifest, we'll be a lukewarm church. We'll just be a lukewarm group of people. Oh, we got the Word. We've got teaching. We've got Bible teaching, Bible lessons. But we'll still be lukewarm if we don't allow the Lord to manifest in our lives, through our lives. He wants to manifest. And it's not like we have to beg him to do it. He's pressing up against the door. He's nudging us. He's pushing on us. He's saying, "Let turn me loose. Turn me loose. But so many people are so walking in the wisdom of the flesh, the wisdom of man. So walking according to this world that they just got him locked up. They're not yielding to him. They're resisting him. When the pressures of life come, oh, they've got the teaching of the word, man. They got the teaching of the word. I mean, they got teaching on healing. I mean, he's, he's, how many people say he's the healer? Oh, man, there is healing. We've got a healing covenant with God. Hallelujah, no weapon formed against you will prosper. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. But then when people begin to talk enough about a virus, a whole bunch of us that have been learning about healing for a year all go running into the caves to hide. Reacting to the flesh, reacting to the wisdom of men, and not turning loose that healing power of Almighty God. Let the healing virtue of Jesus flow out of his body. Now, again, that doesn't mean we don't follow safety precautions and and we're not smart. You know, listen, I believe in divine protection, but I wear a seatbelt. I believe in divine protection, but I lock my doors at night. I believe in divine protection, but I got a gun. Oops. She does too. (laughs) Sharpshooter. No, I I believe in divine protection and everything else. You know, David believed, David, I'm talking about King David before he was king. He believed in divine protection when he stood in front of that Goliath. But he still picked up a weapon that he was trained in using. And he said, I don't come to you. come to me with a javelin and a spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord. But then he took a rock. And he slung it. And it went right into that guy's skull. And he fell to the ground. So he still did some natural things. It's not like, I come to you in the name of the Lord, and, name of the Lord. and don't do anything in the natural. No, faith without works is dead. No, we, we're not trusting in the lock on the door. We're not trusted in the seatbelt. We're not trusted in this or that or the next thing. We're trusting in the Lord our God. We know in the world we have tribulations and we're dealing with evil people, yielding to evil spirits. We understand these things. And so therefore we take precautions. We do our part, but we don't trust in the arm of the flesh. We have understanding of what to do, but we don't, we lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we're acknowledging Him, we're looking to Him, we're trusting in Him. See, we understand that. But a lot of folks, what I'm talking about here is we hear enough about a virus, and folks go running into the bunkers and they go hiding out and they go doing everything they can to save their lives. By just looking at natural things, just relying upon the flesh, just listening to the wisdom of men. What happened to all your teaching on the healing power of God? This is a great opportunity for God to shine through his church. This is a great time for believers to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. This is the time for us to rise up as the light of this world and shine like never. But when the darkness comes, we shine. We shine. We don't run under the bushel. We don't hide under the bed. Hello, somebody? So we got to renew our minds and we got to reclaim our identity as Christians. I'm talking about real Christians. And if you want to see a real Christian, then you go to the book of Acts. And you can see some real Christians there. And that's what we've been doing. We are getting back to the book of Acts. And we are reclaiming our identity as the church of the living God, as Christians. What do Christians really look like? How do Christians act? How do Christians respond to the problems of life, to the trials and tests that come their way? We don't, we don't want to be these folks that are just full of teaching. But when push comes to shove, nothing comes out. We don't flow out of our spirit. We don't see that great big body of water gushing for that living water, gushing for, forth to just change the situation. We just see human wisdom. We just see a human response to a demonic problem. We run to the psychiatrist. I remember years ago, you know, uh, you know church was, was new. We probably only a year old. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this couple was coming to the church. And boy, did she have she had major issues. You know, she came out of a church where they just cast the devils out of you every week. Oh, yeah, every week, cast the devil out you. Just commanding the devil to come out of people. I mean, you keep commanding the to come out of people uh, every week. I mean, they're probably going to end up with a couple devils, devils. You know, I mean, just a lot, lot of confusion in that teaching there. So she came, she was full of confusion, she was full of condemnation. Oh, she wanted to please God, she wanted to serve God, but nothing was ever good enough. I mean, she was just like tormented. But then she came to, to the church, and I started ministering the word of God to her, and man, things started breaking off of her. She started getting set free, you know. And she was getting better and better and better. We worked through, you know, several, several things. And then her husband, one day, you know, she was having some issues. Like I said, she's doing a lot better already. And you're just hearing the word of God. And, she, and, and the husband contacted me and said, could we meet with you? And I said, sure, no problem. So we met together. I think we went over to Cracker Barrel. We sat down at Cracker Barrel to have a meeting. So I thought, you know, they're going to ask for some counsel, you know, get the word of God to deal with whatever it is they're dealing with right now. And so uh, we started our meal, and he said, what we wanted to meet you about was, we wanted to know if you knew a good Christian psychiatrist. I mean, I was like a dog, like hearing a strange sound. You know, (laughs) a dog doesn't hear it. Huh? What do you you say? I said, no, I don't know anyone. So I just enjoyed my lunch. You know, I couldn't help him anymore. And she started going, reverting back. To a lot of those old ways. But you see, see, it's that psychiatrist. See, they're thinking psycho. They're thinking the mind. They're thinking the intellect. We need someone to give us a psychoanalysis of this situation. We need some human wisdom to get through this. Now, what we need is revelation from the word of God. Of what we already have. We have the mind of Christ. We have the greater one living on the inside of us. Let's learn to turn him loose. Let's get into faith about what we already have so that we can walk in what we have. So that we can experience what we have. So what we have can actually work for us in life. He wants to work for us. He wants to work through us. All the word really does for us is unlock the door. It unlocks the floodgates of heaven. Say, let me say, I'm a floodgate. The greater one's in me, but the word word. will help unlock the door, Unlock door. Unlock unlock the gate. Hallelujah. See, because faith comes by hearing the word. As we're hearing the word of God, faith comes of who we are and what we have so that now we can begin to release it, speak it, declare it, and watch God's power flow. Work it in our lives. Somebody say, I'm a floodgate. Of heaven. Amen. Are you ready to be turned loose? Yes. Upon the earth. Yes. Well, let's get back to the book of Acts then. Let's get back to the book of Acts. Getting back to the book of Acts. We've already gone through the first chapter. And we saw that getting back to the book of Acts means getting back to continual prayer. Chapter 1, verse 14. These all continued in Prayer. We need to be a group of people that continue in prayer, not a group of people that hit and miss prayer. One day we're on, one day we're off. A little prayer today, not so much prayer tomorrow. Hit, hit, miss, hit. No, we need to be a people of prayer. We need to be prayers. We don't just pray, we are prayers. Say I'm a prayer. That's all part of being a floodgate. It's all part of being a Christian. It's all part of getting back to the book of Acts. We've got to continue continue in prayer, especially as we hear the promises of God. The Lord Jesus told them. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What did they do with that promise? They prayed. They continued in prayer because prayer prepares you to walk in the power that God has promised. Prayer prayer prepares you to walk in the power God promised. We want to walk in that power. We don't want to just talk about it, do we? (laughs) Oh, I should receive power. And we don't do anything with it. There's no power. We're running and hiding. Are you all with me this morning, or did your amen get locked up? Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God forever. I mean, you know, we might not get the door open, but at least it could leak a little bit. You know, an amen is a simple leak. But that's good. Hallelujah. Because leaks can get bigger. Over time, leaks can get bitter, And and your amen could turn into a shout. And then if you keep leaking, you know, who knows what might come out. What kind of glory might be released through you? Can you say amen? So we're getting back to the book of Acts by being a people that continue in prayer. Say, I'm a prayer. I'm a prayer. We're getting back to the book of Acts by getting back to excitement, enthusiasm, expectancy. Man, the early church, they were full of expectancy. They were excited when it came to the things of God. They're stirred up. We need to be a stirred up people an excited people an enthused people. That's Christianity today. That's what Christians are. They are excited people. They're excited about heaven. They're always expecting. They're in expectancy of what God is going to do next. Remember we said expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. If we want to see the miraculous, we've got to be a people that are expecting to see it. And then getting back to the book of Acts, we saw is getting back to respecting God's house. Remember, they were all in one accord in one place, in one place. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. God began to move mightily through them, but they were all together in one place. This one place that God has gathered us together is called God's house. Yes, we are his house. He lives in us, but this place where we meet called the church is also the house of God. And so we've come into the house of God and we're learning to respect and honor this place, this one place where we come and meet together. Just like over our door of the sanctuary, in Psalm 63, verse 2, it says, so I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. That sounds like expectancy. You're expecting and then you're coming into the house going, well, it's church." Well, you know, I mean, it's just a church. It's just a facility. It's not really anything special. No, 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 no. No, we come here expecting to see his power. There's that power again. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you. So we pray to prepare to walk in that power of God. We have expectancy concerning that power. And we expect, especially when we actually are in his sanctuary. When we're in his house, praise God, our expectancies soar at church. Amen. Hey, man. I mean, you might have been a little sluggish coming in, but once you got in his house, you got pumped. Yeah. You got excited, right? Yeah. You got stirred up when you came into his house, praise God. Now, you're not going to hear me say that every week. I said it last week. I said it this week. Probably won't say it next week, but will you remember it? Will you carry that? Yeah. Will you carry that? Will that be your new norm? Expectancy, excited for God to move in your midst, in his house. Here we come together. We're coming together in one place. This is the one place God set you in. It's an exciting place to be. So we respect God's house just like they did. Just like they did. And then, of course, they were all in one accord in one place. So getting back to the book of Acts is getting back to unity. 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 Walking in unity. We're not divided and all full of opinions and judgmental and critical. I mean, church should be the last place in the world you feel like people are judging you. You know, I don't want to go to church. You know, just people judge you. Not at this church. Not at this church, man. This is a one accord church. This is a unity church. We're not judging and condemning and criticizing We're not looking down on people. No, not at this church. There's unity in this place. Why? Because we're a book of Acts church. We're Christians right out of the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, and again, you can't get into one accord unless you come together in one place. They kept coming. They kept coming together in one place. And as a result of that, that brought them together in one accord. And, you know, in this really opinionated world that we live in, Sometimes you have to come together in one accord, excuse me, you have to come together in one place for quite a while before finally you're in the flow, and everybody's in the flow together. It doesn't happen overnight. Getting into unity does not happen overnight. It's consistency, coming together, coming together, coming together. It's so sad, you know. I've seen it over the years, 26 years now. I've watched people come and just when things are starting to unite and people are starting to get in the flow, all of a sudden something will happen, they'll get offended and they'll leave. And they'll step right out of right out of the flow. And then a couple more people get offended, they leave, and that because they left, these people left because they were connected to those people, more they were connected to God's plan for their life and their pastor, and so they left. And you got and you got all this stuff that goes on, and God's just looking for a group of people that'll stay together long enough that he can actually get them all in one accord so he can be... Get, you talk about a floodgate from heaven. God needs a group of people to get in one accord. They understood that. That's why they were doing it. They were coming together. They were praying. They were coming together, meeting regularly, daily, and it caused them to get into one accord quickly. And look what God did. Look at the power that came through their lives. So we've got to have unity, unity. you un- Think Unity. Think unity. When thoughts of division come, when a judgmental critical spirit comes, cast it down. Somebody comes up to you and wants to say something to undermine your church, undermine the congregation, undermine the leadership, the pastor, cast it down, shut it down, rebuke it. They're threatening your very life. They're threatening the very plan of God on your life. Let nothing divide us. Let nothing separate us. Come on, somebody. We are united, and we're determined to be united. And so we speak the language of unity, not the language of division. We hear division. We see it right away. We cut it off. I don't care if it's a fellow family member. And I just don't, I don't like that teaching. Cut them off. It would be better to cut off a family member. It would be better to cut off a family member than cut off the house of God, the plan and purpose of God for your life. Now, a lot of people that love this world, they don't like that. But I got words from Jesus that said, if you love father and mother more than me, if you love your wife, your husband more than me, if you love brother or sister more than me, what? You're not worthy of me. See? And he talks about, I mean, if one of your body parts, how many people know we're all body parts are in the body of Christ? If one of your body parts cause, cause you to sin... What else you do to that? Cut it off. Cut off that body part. He said, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If somebody is speaking into your life and directing your life and it's contrary, they're saying things that are contrary to God's plan, against his house, against his work, cut it off. But that's, but that's my eye. That's my arm. I mean, if Jesus tell you to cut your eye out, cut your arm off, how much more cut off That kid, that brother, that family member. Boy, it gets quiet in here when you preach the gospel, isn't it? But it's the Bible, isn't it? See, we got to get rid of the carnal mentality and say, no, I love the Lord more than anything else. I love the Lord more than anything else. I'm going to obey God more than anyone else. I don't care who they are. I'm going to obey God more than anyone else. He's the one that holds up my life. So if I want to make schnookums happy and I, and I disobey the Lord to make schnookums happy, I might not be on the earth much longer. And schnookums, you know, that might make her feel better because I'm loving her over the Lord, but she might not have me very long before judgment comes on my life and I'm taken out of the way. You understand? So I don't put schnookums first. I put Jesus first. Everybody say Jesus first. Amen. So I'm talking about unity. I'm talking about protecting the unity of the brethren. Guarding it. Looking for it. Expecting it. And stay in the boat long enough so God can establish it. And bless God, he's doing it. He's doing it. He's doing it. Praise God forever. Well, why aren't there a thousand people in here? Listen. I'll take 120 that are in one accord, over a 1,000 divided, judgmental, critical people walking in the flesh any day. You understand what I'm saying? I don't go by numbers. I look for unity. I'm looking for God in the assembly. Why? Because you might not have a lot of people, but if you got a lot of God, you'll end up reaching a lot of souls. So I'm all about a lot of God. How do you get a lot of God? Unity. Unity. So can we be that protective of one another? We see a little wolf walk in here. And man, they're running out of here with their tail between their legs. They're just running out of his face. They know they can't can't get in. I've watched it. I've watched little wolfies come in. And they walk up to the flock and and they have a prophecy for you. They have something else. But you see, we've got such a unified body that know the truth that they know they can't penetrate it. They know they're out of order. They're out of line. They're not yielding to the spirit of God. It's a different spirit. They're walking in pride. And it's just picked off right away. And so instead of repenting and getting right and joining the flock, they run. Because that's what wolves do. Wolves do. They'll never, wolves will never conform to the body of Christ. They will never become a part of the team. Because they're a wolf at heart. But you and I are sheep and lambs. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. And we're following the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Praise God. So unity. every see unity. I fight for it. I defend it. I'm very protective of my church body. Praise God forever. You get like that and you watch how fast you become a part of the body. So we've had people come and it's all about their ministry. My gift, I got a gift. And so they try to act like they're submitted and things like that, but, but they're, not. they're not. They're not coming into the unity of the brethren. It's just all about their gift, their gift. And why isn't that pastor using my gift? Why doesn't he recognize my gift? Why doesn't... And meanwhile, is those that have gifts, but they don't care as much about the gift as they care much about the body. You know, they care about the, the different ones we've had in ministry here, you know, like on Sunday nights. We've had those Sunday night classes, and they minister. I think every one of them mentioned their pastor like multiple times, multiple times. But you see, people that enter into themselves, they don't do that. They don't care about the pastor. They don't care about the sheep. Well, they, they care about their gift, and this is their platform, and they get to show off. They get to be special. In front of everybody, see, there's just a lot of that out there. Some of you are probably looking like, "Huh? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Oh yes. Oh yes." So, so they never, they never, they never mesh. They never mesh. It's all about their gift and how that the, 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 the pastor is holding back their gift. No, he's not holding back their gift. You're just into yourself. You're an island to yourself. You're into your ministry. We're into the body of Christ. We're into one another. We're and to be. To be united with one another, we got to be submitted. We got to be submitted to authority. You got to be submitted to the Lord Jesus, who submits you to a pastor, right? And then Ephesians says, submitting one, submitting one to one another in the fear of the Lord. So we submit to one another. So submission is what brings about this unity. And unity is powerful, it releases the power of God. Can you say amen? And then we saw that getting back to the books of Acts is getting back to being filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the book of Acts. That's how the church started. Being filled with the Spirit of God and speaking. Speaking in a heavenly language. Notice that Acts, the second chapter... Verse one, now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all, everyone in the house, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now that's how the early church started. And how it starts sets the precedent of how the church should be. Here it is. This is the church age has begun. And it's a church, it's Christians that are full of the Holy Spirit speaking in Tongues. You say, What is speaking in tongues? Well, if you hold your place there and go to Acts chapter 14, we briefly hit it on the way out the door last week, but we'll look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men of any nation, of any language, but to God. For no one understands him. No Human language can make sense of it. No one, no no person from any nation understands this language. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. See, this is something that happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This wasn't something that happened because they went to college. And they began to learn different languages. No. This happened suddenly. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now they're speaking this language. It's a language no man understands. But however in the Spirit. He speaks mysteries. Or divine secrets. The Bible has a lot to say about mysteries. That have been hidden from the beginning of the world. There's things that have been hidden. Mysteries. Misses, This word is full of mysteries. But God doesn't want it to remain a mystery. He wants you to solve the mystery. And that's why he's giving you the Holy Spirit so you can speak mysteries. You can speak out these divine mysteries, these divine secrets. And as you're speaking them out into the earth, it is going to bring forth revelation of the mysteries in your life. That's one of the benefits of speaking in tongues. It'll cause you to increase in revelation of the mysteries of God. So that God's not much of a mystery to you anymore. Well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, not really. No, he's not a mystery to me. He's not to be a mystery to you. We're to solve the mysteries. How do we do it? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. We see that over in Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah the 28th chapter. Isaiah, looking forward, prophesied concerning this and said in verse 9, Whom will he teach knowledge? Talking about the knowledge of God. Talking about the mysteries. God's a mystery, right? But he wants to teach you. Whom will we teach knowledge and whom will we make to understand the message? Jump down to verse 11. He answers it. With stammering lips and another tongue. He will speak to this people, to whom He said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Hallelujah. We're going to see that a little bit in the book of Acts, where when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the apostle Peter stood up, and he talked about times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. See, he's talking about this being filled with the Spirit, speaking with tongues, will bring times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Rest and refreshing. Rest, restoration, and refreshing. So if you need a little refreshing, pray in the Holy Spirit. If you need a little refresher of the Scripture, pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's been other translations that have come along and trying to figure out the Bible. They've said, well, uh, this is talking about a foreign language. See, it's talking about children of Israel being taken captive. And then uh, now they're going to have foreigners, people speaking a language they don't understand, speaking to them. Friend, that would be oppressive. That wouldn't be restful and refreshing. See, that doesn't fit. And it's quite obvious, this is what God wants for us. Because the next part of the verse says, yet they would not hear. That's a bad thing. God had this promise for them to speaking in tongues, and they didn't want to listen to that. They didn't want to listen to that, that promise. You know, we've got a lot of folks today, a lot of folks call themselves Christians and born again, and they don't want to hear about speaking in tongues. They say it's of the devil. I can't find that in my Bible. I wouldn't call what they were doing on the day of Pentecost demonic. See, that's calling the Holy Spirit a devil. You get yourself in trouble. Remember, Jesus talked about that. You don't want to accuse the Holy Spirit of being an evil spirit. But people do it all the time in the Christian world, in churches. But friend, I got news for you. The church started out as a tongue-talking church. And there's nothing in the Scriptures to tell us that should ever have changed. In fact, if anything, it's encouraged us in it because 1 Corinthians chapter 14 gives a whole chapter to talking about speaking in tongues, flowing with the Holy Spirit. So one of, the, one of the big benefits of speaking in tongues is that you're speaking out these mysteries. And thus, setting yourself up for revelation of the mysteries. Of the word of God. Because if you can get the mysteries in your mouth where you're speaking them out. Out of your own spirit by the help of the Holy Spirit. Then you've already, you're already more than halfway there of knowing and understanding the mysteries. So he says, who shall we teach knowledge? Who are we going to make to understand the message? And then he tells you, for with a stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. Those are the folks he's going to say some things to. Praise God. He's going to speak to people that speak in tongues. Because he is speaking when you're speaking in tongues because you're speaking by him by the holy spirit he gives the utterance we see that acts chapter 2 where it says they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in tongues as the spirit gave them utterance so he gives the utterance we do the speaking But it's God speaking through our speaking. When we're speaking in tongues. God is releasing his word, his mysteries, into the realm of understanding. So that now revelation can flow easily. And we want to be a people that flow in revelation of God. We want revelation to flow easily into our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Knowledge is easy to him who has understanding, the Bible says. Well, who has understanding? Those who speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues, it'll cause knowledge to come easy for you. You'll know and understand. To whom does he, to whom does he teach knowledge? Those speaking speak it in tongues. Knowledge comes easy to those who speak in tongues. So if you're confused about something, pray in tongues. If you need a refresher on some things that you've learned in the past, speak in tongues. It's the refresher. And it's the refreshing. So if you're feeling kind of dry and crusty, too many crusty Christians. Right? We don't like crusty Christians. <laughs> right? Well, we don't we like Christians. We just don't like them crusty. We want to we help them get them soft and pliable and ah, relaxed and a blessing. How do you do it? Speak in tongues. It gets you Refreshed. I'm just so worn out. Speak in tongues. It's hard to speak. It's hard. it's hard to get worn out when you speak in tongues. It's hard to get burned out when you say, I'm just so burned out. Well, speak in tongues. You, know, so you just want to say, what's your problem? Speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues will keep you from being burned out. It'll keep you lubricated. Keep the oil of gladness flowing. Hallelujah. Amen. What are some other benefits of speaking in tongues? And I'm glad you asked. If you'll read 1 Corinthians 14, uh, we praise and magnify God speaking in tongues. You can praise and magnify God. In fact, you see that here in the book of Acts. Let's just go to that. Verse 7, Acts 2, 7. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in whom we were born? And then they begin to mention all their languages. You know, the different languages from the different nations that they've come from. Because it was the day of Pentecost. You had people coming from all the different nations to celebrate this feast at Jerusalem. And so they're saying, how is it that we're all hearing them speaking in our language? How, how is that? And so then people come along and say, see, they were speaking all these different languages. They were speaking all these different languages, and that's what tongues was. No, the Holy Spirit didn't come upon them, and next thing you know, they can speak Aramaic. This, all of a sudden, the Spirit came upon them, and they began to speak a, a different language from a, another country that they were never taught before. No, 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 no. And Thank God the epistles help us with that, and Isaiah helps us with that, right? We understand that. So what's it saying here? They said in verse 8, and how is it that we hear each in our own? How is it we hear? each in our own language in which we were born. See, it's how they were hearing. It's not so much the speaking. See, they were speaking in tongues, but the crowd that was there was hearing what they were saying in their own language. And it was perplexing to them. They couldn't understand that. Now, the the Galileans but they're saying something, and I understand exactly what they're saying. I hear it in my own language. I understand it in my own. See, they're hearing, it's how they're hearing it. It's not what's being spoken. And then he, he names all these different languages. And, and verse 11, uh, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this be? Well, we know what this is because First Corinthians chapter 14 tells us what it is. The Bible says when you pray in tongues, pray that you might interpret. There is an interpretation of tongues. And that's connected in 1 Corinthians 14 to doing things decently and in order. So God is a God of order. So once the church is established... He expects us when we speak in tongues to do it decently in order so that if an unbeliever or an uninformed person who doesn't know about these things comes into our assembly, if we're all just speaking in tongues, they're just going to be confused and they might even mock and go away and say that you're all crazy. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians 14. I'm just paraphrasing. it. He said, so, so he said, make sure if you're going to stand up at the podium and you're going to speak in tongues and there's uninformed unbelievers there he said make sure there's an interpretation of it if you're going to do it make sure there's an interpretation of the tongues someone needs to be able to interpret if there's no interpreter then just keep, then just keep it between you and God don't be, don't be making it a public thing just be praying and speaking between you and God you understand that he said but pray that there's an interpretation that's exactly what's happening here God is doing it decently in order and here is this crowd of people and they don't know about tongues but there hasn't been any teaching on it yet because the church age has just begun. So God gives them the interpretation and they each are interpreting it in their own language. They're getting the interpretation of the tongue in their own language. Do you see that? That's what's happening. And that's why they were able to understand it. Because everybody's going, hey, shut up, I shut up, I shut up. They're hearing Oh, Lord, you are so wonderful. You are so amazing. We magnify you, God. We exalt you, Lord. That's what they're hearing. They're hearing. They're understanding what's being said. I mean, if all of us just begin to speak in English at the same time and begin to say things, you probably wouldn't know what everybody's saying. But they understood. They understood what was being said because they were getting the interpretation of what was being spoken. So, verse 12 says, They were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? I remember when I was youth pastor out in Oklahoma. And uh, I, I had told everybody, now we're going to have these special meetings. We're going to have these camp meetings, a week-long camp meeting. And I said, but before that, we're going to have a week of continual prayer. We're going to pray. And the, and the, and the uh, sanctuary is going to be open. We had our own separate sanctuaries. Our, own youth, our youth group had a, had a separate facility where we met. And we had our own sanctuary in there. And I said, so the door's going to be open throughout the day, and so just come on up and, and pray. If you have any time, just come in and pray. And I said, just just start just praying. Just come in and pray. So I was there praying one afternoon, and, you know, some of these young people, they'd come in, they'd pray for a while, they'd leave, you know, they just come and go throughout the day and things. And there was this one young man, and he came in, and he was just kind of barely saved, you know. I don't even know if he was really saved. But he came and wanted to come, and he sat down, and I just, I just sitting there praying in tongues. I'm just up there praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And when I finished I looked back at him, said hello, and he's looking at me just like shocked. I said, how you doing? He said, he said, man, he said, I, I don't know how I understand what you're saying, but I understand perfectly what you're saying. I said, he understood. I was speaking in tongues, but he understood exactly what I was saying. He heard it in English. And he was totally perplexed by it, you know. He said, you were just praying for my friend. da 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 I don't remember exactly what it was. But a friend of his that he was very concerned about that was going through something. When I started praying in tongues when he came in there, he said, you were just praying for my friend. You were saying this, 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 and this. I said, well, see, God's given you the interpretation of what I was just praying. So God can do that. He can do it. And... He'll do that to help people, because he's a God who does things decently and in order. But he'll also do it for it to be a sign to somebody. A sign and a wonder to them. And we see that here in, in the word of God. In you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 again, and in verse 22. Verses 27 through 29 is where he talks about, it, you know, let, let interpret be able to inter- pray to interpret. But then verse 22, he says, Therefore tongues are for a sign. Not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. So tongues can be used for a sign for unbelievers. So you see, some people say, oh, you're not supposed to speak in tongues in church. That's, that's not supposed to happen. Nobody's supposed to speak in tongues in church. The Bible says that. Well, you're not reading the whole Bible. You're grabbing one scripture and you're taking it out of context. He's saying you've got to be sensitive to the unbeliever and the uninformed person. And so he says, you know, that's why pray that someone interprets. He doesn't speak in tongues. He says, pray that somebody interprets. And if there's no interpreter, then just pray between you and God. But then here he says, you can use tongues for a sign. In other words, you can explain to the uninformed unbeliever. You can inform them of speaking in tongues and then say, here, let me show you. And you can speak in tongues. Like right now, I'm spending a quality amount of time giving understanding about speaking in tongues. So if I wanted to speak in tongues right now, it wouldn't be out of order because I've informed you, now I will demonstrate speaking in tongues for you. See? And it becomes a sign and a wonder to them. Now, I remember one time I was in the hospital and I'm very cautious, you know, you're very aware of of who comes in the room and things like that. And so, but I was... I, I was finishing up with someone, you know, ministering to them. And I said, well, let me pray for you. And I prayed a little bit. And then I just felt like pray in tongues. So I started speaking in tongues. Well, I sensed someone come in the door. And it was probably a nurse, I figured. And so normally I would stop. In fact, years back when we first started the church, we were in the Blairwood Country Club. That's where we were meeting to have church. And I was praying in tongues before the service. I had my back to the back door. And I was just praying in tongues. And someone that works there at this country club where we were meeting came walking in the room. And immediately my tongue just, I just began to like, didn't have utterance anymore. I mean, I was flowing. And I just didn't have utterance anymore. It was like, uh-huh. So I didn't push it and force it. I just kind of wind down and turned around. And sure enough, an unbeliever, an uninformed person who probably already thought we were kooky just because we showed up with our Bibles at a racquetball club. You understand what I'm saying? They already thought we had problems. Because they're walking in with their tennis rackets and shorts. We're walking in there with our Bibles. Now, the last thing they need to hear is Shandai Rondai. Labasata. You understand what I'm saying? That's not tongues. That's just fooling around. But you know what I'm talking about. And that's the last thing. That, so, God, I felt myself being restrained. And I stopped. But anyway, I was in the hospital this time. I didn't feel restrained. And I, I knew that somebody was there. But I felt like, just keep going. So, I just went ahead and kept going, prayed in tongues. And then I blessed him, and I left the room, and I left. Well, I found out later that the nurse said to them, she said, what was that he was speaking? And they said, it was, oh, it was speaking in tongues. It's a, it's a heavenly language. She said, that was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. Now, I don't know what they did with it, but she was ripe and ready to have the gospel preached to her. God had set her up. See, it was a sign to her. It was a sign to her. Not everybody's going to say you're crazy. That nurse said it was the most beautiful thing she ever heard. Hallelujah. So we got to be open to that. I remember one time I was praying. I I said, Lord, we need signs and wonders. Where are the signs and wonders? I was praying for signs and wonders. He said, why would I give you any more if you're not using the one I already gave you? I said, what sign did you give me? And he reminded me of that scripture right there. 1 Corinthians 14, what was it, 22? Tongues are for a sign. I mean, you get to talking to some Muslim or someone like that. And you talk about the power of God. Give them understanding. And say, hey, let me demonstrate this for you. And just pray in tongues. That kind of sounds a little Italian. But let them know you don't speak Italian. It's a heavenly language. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So you say, thank God for speaking in tongues. Man, it's a gift from heaven. Ooh, it's, it's the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't get it any other way. Got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they said, they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Well, notice what they said. We hear each, verse 8, in our own language in which we are born. We hear them speaking in our own language the wonderful works of God. The wonderful works of God. So they're declaring the wonderful works of God. They're praising God. They're magnifying God. Uh, The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 14 says, You give thanks well when you speak in tongues. We can give thanks to God. See, we can worship Him. All speaking in tongues. You know, sometimes, hallelujah, amen, just, you know, you just want to give some more. Thank God you can give thanks in tongues. You go beyond your, your limited mind, your limited mentality. And speak in tongues. Praise and magnify God in tongues. And then Romans, the eighth chapter, it says concerning speaking in tongues that we um, don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself helps us in our weaknesses. Let's look at it together real quick. Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That really should be translated articulated. In other words, spoken in a known language, in in, in an understandable language. A a language understandable, understood by men. God understands it. But you see, it's like, it's groanings which cannot be uttered articulated. And what's he talking about here? Praying. See, we don't know how to pray as we are. There's, there's things we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen an hour from now, right? But thank God speaking in tongues puts us in a position where we could pray out things that we don't even know need to be prayed out. Yeah. Devil's over here scheming and he's plotting against us. And then we just start speaking in tongues. We just undo the whole thing. We just mess up his plan and just ruin it. We don't have to wait around until we understand everything that's going on. We don't have to be just reactionary prayers. We hear it, we see it, we pray. No, no, no. We can pray in tongues and we can get stuff before it ever happens. And it might keep a whole lot of things from ever happening. I'm talking about bad things. Oh, hallelujah. So what's another benefit of tongues? Praying. You're able to pray beyond your natural understand, beyond your natural mind. And, and then he talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, that you can bless, you can bless speaking in tongues. So you can bless people speaking in tongues. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, and also in Jude, Jude, verse 20, he says, you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Or in First Corinthians 14, too, he who speaks in a tongue Edifies himself or builds himself up. He charges himself up. So by speaking in tongues, you can build yourself up. Build yourself up. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. See, praying in the Spirit will build you up. How many people want to get built up? Yeah, we don't want to be broken down. Man, you never get broken down if you keep building yourself up. Every day, build build yourself up. Build yourself up. Build yourself up. Praying in tongues. Building up your faith. Building up your faith. Why? Well, you're praying out the mysteries, of course. You know, faith comes by hearing the word. So, of course, you're building up your faith that way. And then again, it's the rest. It's the refreshing. It restores your soul. And it's the springboard into a whole host of supernatural things. It's a springboard into the miraculous. Because speaking in tongues, you know, as goes the tongue, goes your life. The tongue is like the rudder to a ship. So if you're talking in a certain direction, you'll start walking in that direction. Well, how many people know if you're speaking in tongues, you're yielding your tongue to the Holy Spirit and to the supernatural? Well, guess what? You keep yielding your tongue to the supernatural, and it becomes easy to walk in the supernatural. It becomes easier and easier to walk in the miraculous, and that's what we're looking for. We want God to manifest. We want the miracle worker to show up. Well, let's speak in tongues more. Let's speak in tongues more. If you really want it, well, I really want it, but, you know, I don't have time to pray in tongues. Yeah, and sometimes when it comes to speaking in tongues, you know, you got to prime the pump. You got to, you know, you go over to one of these water spigot and you, the kind that you, you got to pump. Sometimes you got to pump before you get any water to come out of the thing, you know. And then sometimes that's how it is speaking in tongues. You just kind of start out that way. Sometimes you start out, you're more in the natural, you know, but you know it's for you. And you just start speaking in tongues. You know, you've already been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit. You've spoken in tongues. Now you just stir it up. You stir it up. And, you, you know, and so you might yawn. Your mind might, might go in a hundred different directions. But you just stay with it, stay with it. And next thing you know, you have that breakthrough. And the gusher starts flowing. And then next thing you know, you start refreshing. I and mean, then you can start speaking in tongues to the point where you do not want to stop. You do not want to stop. Because it's so invigorating and refreshing So we want to speak in tongues because that's the springboard into all kinds of supernatural things. And again, like we said, it will also help you grow in revelation of the word of God, grow in your understanding of the Lord. So those are eight things. There's probably more than that, that speaking in tongues does for us. But this is the importance of speaking. You know, when God gives us something like this, it isn't just like a little something, Speaking in tongues, I mean, think about amazing, how amazing speaking it. The fact is, you can feel the Holy Spirit, you're speaking it in this heavenly language. That's a big deal. That's not some like, you know, especially there's so many things that God does do, it just seems so natural. It just seems so normal. Studying the word, it just feels natural, right? But how can you feel natural speaking in tongues? I mean, it is, it's more than supernatural. It's spectacular, if you really think about it. Speaking in tongues is a spectacular thing. It's an amazing thing. Now, he doesn't just do that. To just do that. Like it's just like a little extra supplement to your Christianity. No, no, no. It's, it's your Christianity. It's the new norm. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that's the new norm for you. You're speaking in tongues. Every opportunity you get. And the early church was that way. Especially the Corinthians. They were so into speaking in tongues that the apostle Paul had to go in there and say, now guys, you can't just speak in tongues when you come together. And that's when he tried to bring some balance to these guys. They were speaking in tongues like crazy. But also, chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, he commends them for the revelations that they walked in. The revelations that that was being revealed to them. And the gifts and manifestations of the Spirit that were taking place in their midst. I mean, they, they came behind in no gift, the Bible says. I mean, they're flowing in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But a big part of that was their speaking in tongues. Speaking in a heavenly language. Can I get a leak? Speaking in a heavenly language. See, Keep your whole life connected to the Holy Spirit by connecting your tongue to Him. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Keep the flow of God going. Amen. Keep the flow of God flowing. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God forever. Don't you want to just start speaking in tongues? Amen. 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 We should be excited about it. Get stirred up about it. Driving in the car. Speak in tongues. Got some downtime, Speak in tongues. Look for every opportunity to speak in tongues. I'll show you one more thing. I'm going to give you a ninth thing. Just came. The Holy Spirit just gave me a ninth thing. Benefit of speaking in tongues. Do you want it? Do you need to go home and have a donut? I know donuts are important, but maybe we could stick around and just get this, this little nugget that the Holy Spirit just, just dropped in there it reminded me of. Notice this. The Apostle Paul says in verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, they were tongue talkers. But he said, I, he was confident he spoke in tongues more than all of them. That means he must have been speaking in tongues like all the time. True? All right. Now, let's look at that again. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now you come over to the next chapter, chapter 15. And he talks about how the Lord, after he rose from the dead, showed himself. Verse 5. And he was seen by Cephas, who is Peter. Then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep, some have died. After that, he was seen by James. Then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also. So he says, he was seen by all the apostles, Peter, 500 bread, all these people that have been around here, but last of all me, I got saved. And then notice what he says in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more abundantly than Peter, James, John, the 12. I labored more abundantly than all those in that upper room, that 120. I've labored more abundantly than the 500 people that saw Jesus and their lives were transformed after he appeared to them after his resurrection. He said, I have worked, I have labored, I have done more for Christianity than all of them. I've labored more abundantly than they all. Now connect that language to I speak in tongues more than you all. I speak in tongues more than you all and I labored more abundantly than you all. I've gone further than all of you because of my speaking in tongues. I've spoken in tongues more than all of you. So, to the degree we speak in tongues will be to the degree we'll be able to work and accomplish great things for the Lord. We'll be able to labor for his namesake. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. You say, oh, there's a lot of people out there that don't speak in tongues laboring in his namesake. I know. But it's a lot of human wisdom. It's a lot of natural men's best efforts. And it's full of human compassion. It's full of human love. And love. It's just human works, human works, human works. God doesn't want just human works. A lot of those are actually, to him, dead works. God wants Holy Spirit works. He wants it to be done in faith by the power of the Holy Spirit because then he is glorified in all and not man and his organizations. Can you say amen? Oh, hallelujah. Woo, somebody say, I'm a Christian. I'm a spear-filled Christian, and I'm a a tongue-talker. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Praise God.
0: That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.